Welcome to Watch Therefore. Our Savior Jesus told us to watch for His coming, and the signs that He spoke of are all around us, shouting, Watch Therefore, and be ready. So join me, Dove Schwartz, as we learn to watch and prepare for the coming of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now today's program was recorded at Calvary Chapel Beth Shalom in Pearland, and I'd like to invite all of our listeners in the Houston area to join us at Calvary Chapel in Pearland, where the Bible is taught line upon line, chapter upon chapter, book upon book, where prayer is a priority and where fellowship is something we experience together as Jesus our Savior walks in our midst by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Ray Jensen is the new pastor at Calvary Chapel Beth Shalom, and the Lord has raised him up to lead this congregation in this critical hour just before the coming of Messiah Jesus. Listen today, and we pray you're blessed. Exodus 9 and 1. And then the Lord said to Moses, Go in to Pharaoh and tell him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go, that they may serve me. For if you refuse to let them go, and still hold them, behold, the hand of the Lord will be on your cattle in the field, on the horses, on the donkeys, on the camels, on the oxen, and on the sheep a very severe pestilence, and the Lord will make a difference between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt. So nothing shall die of all that belongs to the children of Israel. Then the Lord appointed a set time, saying, Tomorrow the Lord will do this thing in the land. So the Lord did this thing on the next day, and all the livestock of Egypt died. But of the livestock of the children of Israel, not one died. Then Pharaoh sent... And indeed, not even one of the livestock of the Israelites was dead. But the heart of Pharaoh became hard, and he did not let the people go. So again, Moses, he demanded the release of the Israelites. And so this next pestilence was going to be very destructive to the Egyptians. You know, it's like the plagues of the frogs and um, the fish from the Nile that we read over. Many of these next animals were sacred particularly the bull. There were sacred animals that was going to be messed with now. In the last chapter, Pharaoh told Moses they could sacrifice to God, but they couldn't leave. You can sacrifice, but you can't leave. You've got to do it here. And so Moses gave quite an adamant no to that. He says, no, we're not going to do that. And the reason is because the Egyptians saw bulls as sacred. And so if they're slaughtering a bull, some sacred god in the land of Egypt, the the Egyptians were going to get mad and try to stone them for it. He says, no, we have to go. We have to get out of here and leave to do this. And and it's not just bulls, but also cows also uh, had godly deity to the Egyptians. Cows were represented by Hathor, the goddess of love, beauty, and joy. Go ahead and put that picture, one of those pictures up. You see the horns up there. Hathor was depicted in the form of a woman with a head of a horns of a cow. Also, the god name, and I don't know how to, how to pronounce it, Kanum, uh, I think, was a ram god. Here's one here. And so here's about to come a very severe pestilence. It says on cattle, horses, donkeys, camels, oxen, sheep, rams, all kinds of animals. God is going to go, I'm about to stomp on your gods. And they ain't going to do nothing. He's going to knock out the Egyptian economy in the process. He's already put the hurts to their economy. He turned the Nile to blood. There went the fish. There went the shipping. He's going to demonstrate to the Egyptians their false gods are completely powerless against him. Don't trust in false gods. 
even today. Not even money. That's a false god. Well, if I could just make more money, I could fix all my problems. That's what we guys say, especially. Don't trust like that. It's a false god. God, though, was going to save the animals of the Israelites. That's what's cool. All these animals are going to die, but the Israelites. Now, you've got to think of it. Of all the animals that were in the land, Egypt's animals would be hit, but Israel's animals would not. How does God do that? I'll never know. I'm just glad He can. It makes me think about the judgment coming to America. While the judgment comes over the land, if you are truly in the Lord, I mean if you are truly His, then He is able to make it to where we are untouched. God set Israel apart. And if you're in Jesus, if you've made Jesus Lord of your life, then He can set you apart also. In fact, that's what the very word holy means. It means set apart. The Lord said of Israel in Leviticus 20 and 26, You shall be holy to me, for I the Lord am holy, and have, there it is, separated you from the peoples that you should be mine. My wife is set apart for me. She's mine. Likewise, I'm hers. If I said, I'm yours, but for the next week, I'm going to be spending the night with other people and having fun and hanging out with everybody else. What do you think she's going to say to that? She's going to go, you're mine. God is saying, don't be playing out there with the world. You're mine. You're mine. Be set apart. In 1 Peter 1.16, he says, be holy, for I am holy. You know, with judgment coming to us here, you need to be walking in the righteousness of God with Jesus as your Lord, set apart, holy before the Lord your God. You don't want to be in judgment. You want to be set apart under God's mercy. Now, in Exodus 8 and 22, God sent that plague of the flies. He set apart the land of Goshen because that's where the Israelites lived. The flies would be all over Egypt except for where God's people were. Because they were His. They were protected. Saved from destruction. For us, it's the same way. God does not want to condemn you. Let me say that again, because I know there's a lot of people, they never get this down. God does not want to condemn you. He wants you to be saved. That's why you have to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. you got to cut loose of the things that God's Word says is sin. And grab a hold of the righteousness of Jesus Christ and stay in it. Walk in it. Don't stray from it. Make it your life. Be set apart. Be holy. James 1 says, be unspotted from the world. That means be set apart. Be holy. When your friends say, hey, let's go out drinking tonight. Be set apart. Be holy. Don't go with them. When your friends get together to gossip and talk about other people, don't join in with them. Be set apart. Be holy. And if everybody around you cusses and uses foul language, you keep your own mouth clean. Be set apart. Be holy. You're home alone. You get in front of that computer by yourself and nobody's there. Don't misuse that computer. Be set apart. Be holy. You want to be saved from the wrath of God. It's time to be holy. Make Jesus your Lord and live the way He says to set apart as a holy people. 1 Thessalonians 4, 7, For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. You know, God is able to save His people who are set apart. Now, in this case of the Israelites' livestock, even the livestock were set apart from the Egyptians' livestock. That's incredible. 
And so the plague happened just as the Lord predicted that it would. All the livestock of the Egyptians died, but it says that Pharaoh went to check Goshen. He sent for people to go see. Let's go find out if Israel is really kept apart. Even though he knew God had set apart his people, even still, Pharaoh refused to repent. And then in Exodus 9 and 8, So the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Take for yourselves handfuls of ashes from a furnace and let Moses scatter it towards the heavens in the sight of Pharaoh. And it will become fine dust in all the land of Egypt, and it will cause boils that will break out in sores on man and beast throughout all the land of Egypt. Then they took ashes from the furnace and stood before Pharaoh, and Moses scattered them toward heaven. And they caused boils that broke out in sores on man and beast. And the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils, for the boils were on the magicians and on all the Egyptians. But the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he did not heed them, just as the Lord had spoken to Moses. You remember in the past, the magicians could duplicate everything Moses did. Now they can't even stand up. Moses and Aaron went out and did just as God said, this time with no warning. All the other plagues, Pharaoh got warnings except for one, but this was another one. He'd got no warning. Now, this was the uh, plague. It was going to be first to directly endanger human life directly. The Egyptians had a bunch of gods. One of them is the goddess Isis, which is a goddess of, of all things, healing. (laughs) Okay, Isis, where are you at now? The magicians could not duplicate the signs. As a matter of fact, who would want to? Who volunteers for that? I'm a magician. I'll do it. You know, it's like when all the frogs came up. Oh, we can do that. Let's just bring more frogs. Well, all the water, water's turned to blood. Oh, we can do that. We can turn, uh, somebody find me a cup of water and let's turn that to blood. Man, I could drink that. Well, let's turn it to blood just to show up. They weren't helping their own situation by, make, by duplicating what Moses was doing. But here, nobody wants to. Not this one. Not only are they unable to duplicate it, but now they're also themselves victims. And Pharaoh persisted in willful unrepentance. He just would not turn. You ever know anybody like this? I used to know somebody like this. I used to know him real well. It was me. I would not turn. Friends, do you see a pattern here? The longer you continue unrepentant, wanting to be in sin, the results get worse and worse and worse. These plagues are getting worse. They're not getting any better. Let me ask you what your life is like. Is it full of problems? You ever find yourself saying, why do things always end up happening to me? I've got some news for you. Repent, turn around, get out of that, whatever that muck is. Turn from your sin, get back to God. The longer you press in your own way, the worse things are going to get. Exodus 9:13. the seventh plague is hail. Then the Lord said to Moses, rise early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, let my people go that they may serve me. For at this time I will send all my plagues to your very heart and on your servants and on your people, that you may know that there is none like me in all the earth. Now if I had stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, then you would have been cut off from the earth. But indeed for this purpose I have raised you up, that I may show my power in you, and that my name may be declared in all the earth. Now, some of you might be still asking, why is God hardening Pharaoh's heart? Why is God pushing on him so much? The answer is right here in verse 16, if you see it, which says, I have raised you up that I may show my power in you 
and that my name may be declared in all the earth. You know, there's leaders in power today that you may not like where they're at. You know, it's election time and we're all thinking about that. I don't like that leader, this guy or that. We need to vote him out, whatever. I want you to look at what God said to this leader right here, to Pharaoh. He was put there by God. You ever think of that? That the leaders are put where they are because God set them there. God put Pharaoh in power. Notice it says, I have raised you up. God put him there. The President of the United States, whatever you think about him, regardless of what you think, God put him there. Why? Let me show you. Daniel 2 and 21. It says, He changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and and knowledge to those who have understanding. God does what He wants with what is His for His purpose. That's what God does. It's not for us to grumble about this or that guy. Oftentimes, a leader that we put in place is just a reflection of us. And I'm not talking about just this president. I'm talking about the last string of them. Hear me right, please. I have a Bible cover. And on the front, it says Psalm 138.8. It says, The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. Whose purpose? His purpose, not my purpose. God puts people in places of leadership for His purpose. Sometimes it's to bless a nation. Sometimes it's to curse a nation or to judge a nation for its sin. In Exodus 9, here God tells Pharaoh, I raised you up. It's like God tells him, you didn't get here because you're so awesome for your agenda. I put you where you are for my agenda because I'm awesome. And that's something for us all to digest here. I know some of you out there, you're out there conquering your world. You're climbing the ladder of success. You're just, just getting it done, you know, making things happen. And before long, you really start to think you're something. That's where that pride issue falls in. And now you're in trouble because God opposes the proud. You don't get anywhere unless God has some kind of reason for you to get there. In my past, God let me get high so I could fall far. God has some reason. And I can say that for your job, where you work, what you do, is so that you can be among people who would have never known you in any other way so that you could represent the gospel to them. You are not there to make money. Did you know that? You don't go to work to make money. Money's easy. God can do that simple. You're there to represent Christ. Pharaoh would not see God's ways. He thinks he's a God himself. And so God tells Pharaoh the only reason he's where he's at is because God put him there so that his name would be proclaimed. Exodus nine seventeen. As yet you exalt yourself against my people, and that you will not let them go. Behold, tomorrow about this time I will cause very heavy hail to rain down. Such has not been in Egypt since its founding until now. Therefore send now and gather your livestock and all that you have in the field, for the hail shall come down on every man and every animal which is found in the field and is not brought home, and they shall die. So here comes hail. Now you've seen hail before. Put that picture up. This here is Stevie's car when he was in high school. One hailstone did that. And that's not even a biblical hailstone. That's just a Texas hailstone. Okay. <laughs> Can you imagine taking one like that to the head? You're gone. The hell God's talking about is worse. But did you notice in his words, notice the love in his words that he says this. He says in verse 19, go and get all your livestock and your people and get them inside. Because anyone who's not inside is going to die. 
That's God's mercy and grace. He's given them a chance to get under a cover. Friends, there's a day coming for many. It's called the day of judgment. And right now, through God's word, I'm going to give you a warning. And don't think I haven't taken this warning for myself that you need to come back from the world and get under the protective covering of Jesus Christ. And God's giving you the opportunity to do it before it gets here, just like he's doing with these people here. Come back, get under Christ. Pharaoh is being warned early. You're being warned now, early. Get under the blood of Jesus Christ while God is warning you. If you don't, then your judgment day is going to be a terrifying event. Don't sit there and think you've got lots of time to make this decision. Your last day could be now, today. Get away from the world. Turn around and get under some shelter. God offers you shelter under Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus. Judgment's coming. And you need His covering so that you'll be spared from the wrath of God that burns against your sin. Can you see how the gospel of Jesus runs all through the Old Testament? I've had people say, I'm a New Testament guy. I'm a New Testament, Old Testament, yeah, I'm a New Testament guy. Here's the gospel right here in Exodus that God gives His people, even though sinful, covering and warning. You better get under there because tomorrow it's going to kill you. This is no joke. It should be crystal clear how He wants to save us. God does not want to kill the Egyptians. He raised Pharaoh up so that his name would be proclaimed only in Israel. He said in all the land. That includes Egypt. God isn't just trying to deliver the Israelites out. He's trying to save Egyptians in the process. Shut your gods off. I'm going to stomp all over them. You're going to see they're worthless. Your false gods are worthless too. So that you'll recognize, man, I ain't got nothing left but him. And God goes, that's what I've been trying to do. 2 Peter 3.9, I want to show you. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants every one of you to be saved. Some of you are just not repentant. Repentance, there's the R word again. The R word. Nobody likes that word. Turn around. Stop doing it your way. Get away from that sin and come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. He's the only way. How do you say these? God's word says he's the only way. Only the blood of Christ. Come to Jesus. That's the only place where salvation is for you. And so we continue to see this parallel, this picture of God calling all people to be saved here now in Exodus 9 and 20. He who feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh made his servants and his livestock flee to the houses. But he who did not regard the word of the Lord left his servants and his livestock in the field. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward heaven, that there may be hail in all the land of Egypt, on man, on beast, and on every herb of the field throughout the land of Egypt." And Moses stretched out his rod toward heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail, and fire darted to the ground. And the Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt. So there was hail and fire mingled with the hail, so very heavy that there was none like it in all the land of of Egypt since it became a nation. And the hail struck throughout the whole land of Egypt, all that was in the field, both man and beast. And the hail struck every herb of the field and broke every tree of the field. Only in the land of Goshen 
where the children of Israel were, there was no hail. <laughs> I was studying with my friends this past week, and we were reading the Bible, and he saw me getting all antsy. He started catching it. He goes, I've never seen the Bible so much fun. I said, well, hang around. <laughs> it gets good. Look at that. Some of the Egyptians believe God's word. They're listening now. They're fearing God. You see, he's starting to be regarded as God, even by Egyptians. Now, some of, the Egyptians, some of these Egyptians responded appropriately, and they came and got under God's protection, and they were spared, saved from his wrath. You see, God does want all to repent. I showed you the verse, but those who would not repent, and we're coming back into harsh reality, those who wouldn't, what happened? They were destroyed. God wouldn't do that. He does it. We read it. This is the standard. Remember what I said before I got up here. We're according to the word of the Lord. This is not my opinion. They were destroyed. But those who belong to God, no judgment fell on them. In the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, there was no hail at all. Nothing. Can I remind you what a great time it is to get right with the Lord Jesus Christ right now? You don't know if you're going to face judgment today or in 20 years. What a great time it is to get right with the Lord now. Just go ahead and do it. If you're not saved yet, you can do it today and become one of God's own children. And very much like how He spared His people with the Israelites, you will be spared from His wrath too. That's what's great. Isn't God awesome? We don't deserve it. We were back there praying. Before we came out here, and I said, God, of all people, the one who least deserves to be standing at this pulpit is me. But why? I don't know. Because you did, you're letting me, I'm thankful I'll give you the best I got. And you know what? None of us deserve anything, any part of God's family whatsoever. Yet He still offers you a chance to get under His protective covering, become a child of God, and avoid this wrath. Now, I know I'm making parallels between us and the Israelites here in these stories, but did you know that the moment you make Jesus your Lord and Savior, you actually get grafted into the Israelite people too? Whatever you see God doing for the Israelites, you might as well count yourself in if you're grafted in, right? It's a pretty good deal. People often ask me, Ray, with your, your Beth Shalom name on the, on the congregation and in the Israeli flag and all that kind of stuff, and you're always observing Jewish holidays in Israel, Ray, are you trying to be Jewish? say, no, I'm not trying to be Jewish, but I'm grafted in to the Jewish people. And I'm glad of that. My Savior Jesus is a Jew. To be saved and grafted into God's people Israel, you got to repent, turn around, and get under Jesus' grace. Thanks for listening today, and please join me every day, Monday through Friday, unless our Lord Jesus returns for us this week. This program is listener-supported and depends on tax-deductible donations to stay on the air. Give to Watch Therefore and contact me through our website at watchtherefore.tv. You can also send tax-deductible donations to Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. Again, by the web, watchtherefore.tv, and mail... Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. You can also call me right now at 713-624-0943. That's 713-624-0943. 
Keep watching for Messiah Jesus. Hi, this is John Peak with Israeli Self-Defense, Haganah Houston. If you've ever thought about taking classes to learn skills to protect you and your family, we are the people to see. We offer authentic Israeli self-defense, performance-based fitness, and firearm training. We can help you and your family gain the skills to protect yourself in a functional way in a safe environment with Jesus as the head and the guide for us, having both integrity in the business and integrity on the mat. We want to come alongside you to help you gain the skills you need without breaking the bank. We offer 14 classes a week, 12 different curriculums, active shooter scenarios, active assault scenarios, things that would actually possibly happen in real life. You can reach us at IsraeliSelfDefense.net, 713-252-5836. IsraeliSelfDefense.net, 713-252-5836. Don't get caught without a plan.